When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of Crew Talk. I am your host, Matt Aho with Hershey Winkleman. It is a post-road trip edition of Crew Talk. It was quite the road trip. Road trip full sweeps. You know, started out in Chicago, swept the White Sox, had a momentum, go to L.A., Swept by the Dodgers, looked what I would say is probably the worst version of the Brewers. You know, a team that can't hit, give up runs, play rough defense, and then come back, go to Texas, face a, a, team, a Rangers team that's better than the Dodgers, and then look like probably the best version of the Brewers, right? A lot of runs, good hitting. Defense is kind of shaky, but, you know, that's still, you, know, you can't be perfect, right? But so now they sit in first place in NL Central. They're up three games on the Cubs, four games on the Reds. We're coming into the final month and change. A lot of, of course, important games coming up. But let's take a look back. Kind of what's been your takeaway so far post-deadline? Um, I think there's been a lot of things to kind of break down. What's something that really stands out in your eyes? Yeah, I mean, I thought the Brewers did a good job at the deadline. Uh, I think they addressed a lot of the, you know, the needs that were, you know, definitely glaring, especially at first base. You know, at that time, Rowdy Telez was still injured. We didn't know how long that was going to, you know, stay around for. So we picked up Carlos Santana to play first base, maybe a little bit of DH. He's been fantastic so far, and especially in that road trip in Texas in that series. He had, I think, five RBIs in those three games. Um, so that was huge for him. Um, and I think he's a great addition, especially, you know, him being a veteran and being able to, you know, have that experience in the playoffs, be able to, you know, come up in big moments. I think that's massive. Uh, so I love that addition. Uh, I was, you know, advocating for some bullpen help uh, pretty much the whole season. Uh, I really thought, you know, those, those late innings, we would definitely need another guy. And we picked up Andrew Chafin, who I definitely liked. Uh, he's a lefty, late-inning guy. He's, again, another veteran, been around the league for a while. Uh, he's been on a bunch of different teams, but, you know, he's been productive uh, here and there. So hopefully, you know, he can continue with that. And then, you know, the addition of Mark Canna as well. You know, he's been pretty clutch in a couple moments so far on the Brewers. Um, he's been hitting it pretty decently. He He had a couple of hits in Texas as well over that series, so – you know, overall, I think they did a very good job at the deadline. I don't think they gave up very much. And I think they gained three, you know, very usable pieces along with, you know, the discovery of Andrew Monasterio and, you know, Woodruff coming back. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that it'll be really interesting to look at what council does at that first base position kind of down the stretch, right? Because they got Carl Santana, who is he's he's a someone who we've seen in the past who's had production from first base he's not really shown a ton of it 
since he's come to Milwaukee, you know, he's played 20 games. He's only batting 181. He's got six home runs, though. So, I mean, for a team that lacks power, he's someone that we're not – I feel like when you're looking at Carlos Santana, you don't really need him to be this on-base machine. You know, you, you kind of – you get him for his power. And Rowdy Tellez, he, he was before his injury was struggling, but – and he hasn't played incredible – uh, he didn't play incredible when he was in Nashville, but now he's back up with the big league team. It's kind of being, it'll be interesting how will that dynamic play when you've got those two two guys that can bring power to the plate. And you also have the two catchers, right, Contreras and Caratini, who, as a pairing, I mean, Contreras, obviously, you know, it's him and Yelich kind of leading the charge right now at the plate. So how will that, how do you utilize, you got, two people that can use their primary positions, either in first base or catcher, and then the DH. What do you think? How do you think Santana and Tellez will be factored in? Where do you think the priority will go as we kind of come down the stretch? Yeah, you know, from what I've seen, uh, and, you know, you mentioned Rowdy's struggles earlier in the season. I mean, I, I my guess is that they both get some run uh, in multiple games just to see, just for counsel to be able to see, you know, what Rowdy still has to offer this season. Um, you know, I can definitely see Rowdy playing DH or first base and the and Carlos playing the other one. But I mean, I, I definitely would would advocate for Santana being the everyday first baseman. Uh mm-hmm. I just you know, with his experience. I mean, I know Rowdy's been around for a while and he's been on the Brewers, so fan favorite. Like I get all of that, but I just think, you know, plate production wise, just like I mean, he's a decent fielder. Like I think he's able to, you know do a little bit more and i think you know his production is there a little bit more um one guy we forgot to mention also who's you know was a big kind of addition to the team was you know the call-up of sal freelick who we were talking about for a while earlier earlier in the season kind of you know where would all these rookie outfielders kind of fit in with you know weimer and when garrett mitchell mitchell was healthy before the season we were talking about you know him churio freelick so, you know, that conversation's now bubbling up again. You know, along with Tyrone Taylor coming back, like they, they the Brewers have a lot of options now. They're very deep. Um and like we've been talking about, you know, they don't necessarily have that, you know, superstar who's getting paid like out of this world money and he's like the face of the team who can carry us, but we have a very like deep offense who can be productive in spurts, and that's you know, really propelled the Brewers forward this year. I think it's been super entertaining to watch. Yeah, you make a good point about Tyrone Taylor. I think he's someone that could be, you know, an under-the-radar type guy that could be a product, like, um, really beneficial down the line. I Just looking at Mike Fasala, Brewers PR guy, great follow on Twitter, puts a lot of really interesting stuff. He put, um, yesterday, after Taylor had his big day at the plate, two for three with three runs, uh, you know, two doubles and a, or a double and triple against the Rangers in his last... 17 games, he's batting 326, three home runs, 12 RBI. So, you know, his struggles were, were well documented. I think coming back from his injury, he did not look like the Tyron Taylor of old, but I think he's starting to maybe finally kind of get his swing back and he would be huge down the line, add some more outfield depth. Um, and yeah, and I agree. I think back to Santana versus. Telez, I think it, we have to see. I need to see more from Telez 
for him to be like, okay, he gets an idol or Carlos Santana. Because Carlos Santana, he brings a lot to the, a lot to play in terms of fielding, right? He's a great fielder, as we've seen. I just think that he's kind of a guy that, at this point in time, I would trust more at that first base spot over Telez. And then, you know, get Telez maybe some time in there to give Santana off day every now and then, or maybe give him some more, split some time at, at DH with Victor Caratini or, you know, whoever they got the DH spot. Um, but yeah, right now I feel like I need to see more from, it's early, but I need to see Tillis prove that he can be back at that everyday first base spot. Yeah, what were your thoughts on, you know, the Canna edition as well as Chavin? And then also, you know, the electricity that Sal Freelick has brought to the team. I mean, I know he's kind of hurt right now, but do you think, you know, he's going to get time in the playoffs? Do you think he's even going to make the team? Like, what what are your kind of thoughts on the whole Sal Freelick situation? Because he's one of my, yeah, absolutely. One of my favorite players on absolutely. the team. I love I think, yeah, I think he's been, you know, he's been great. He's been kind of exactly what you would want from someone who is – a call-up mid-season call-up, right? 26, 26 games right now. He's batting 250. He's He gets on base, which is, this is, uh, you know, he walks. He finds his way on base. He's a, he's electric. He gets in the, when he gets on base, you know, he's, he's a threat to steal a bag. So he's a guy, right? And he's already got, what, five steals. So, I, I think he's great. He's great in the field, as we've seen. He made that great, he made a nice play uh, to finish off the Rangers. And I think that was the game on Friday. So, yeah, it's kind of like the whole story, right, going into the trade deadline was like, okay, well, the Brewers, they don't really need to get a top-of-the-line guy back in the rotation because Woodruff is coming back. And he's been incredible since he's he's returned from the from the injured list. Um Self Relic is kind of another guy like that. It's like, well, he just provides that pop that, you know, they didn't. He, it acts as if it's a, a deadline acquisition, but he's just a guy that they pulled up, and I think he's going to be a huge impact going into the postseason. Yeah, definitely. So looking at, you know, these last th- uh, couple of series, you know, I think it's a pretty weird road trip, just how it was kind of set up. I mean, I understand, you know, two AL opponents, but going from Chicago to Los Angeles to Texas doesn't really make much sense considering, you know, the geography of those three cities. Um, and like you mentioned, you know, we saw a lot of different shades of Milwaukee, um, you know, just unable to hit in that Dodger series like you mentioned, and then putting up six or more runs in all three of their games against the Rangers. Uh, one thing made me a little bit nervous, though, in that in that first Rangers series uh, in that first Rangers game, uh, I believe we were up like nine to four going into the eighth inning and we gave up four runs late in that game. Uh, that just made me a little bit nervous to see. Um, I believe it was uh, one of the new one of the new pitchers that they had just brought up, I think, gave up like a bunch of runs at the end of that game. And that just made me a bit nervous because, you know, we've seen that a little bit, you know, with the back end of the bullpen giving up a lot of runs late in games where the starters have, you know, pitched decent. Um, so that made me a little bit nervous, but I'd love to see, you know, the 6-1 and 6-2 victories uh, back-to-back against that team. You know, we saw Corey Seager. He was pretty pretty electric at the play for, for the Rangers that series, and, you know, he caused a lot of problems. But, you know, overall, just to see Adrian Hauser, you know, Freddie Peralta, 
you know, guys like that come in and, you know, get the job done. You know, we, we, we've seen them be inconsistent. We've seen them be up and down all throughout the year, especially Freddie, you know, he, he hasn't had any injury problems. And so he's been eating up all the innings for the team basically as their number two, number three guy. Um, and, you know, he's had some ups and downs. He's had some great outings and then he's had outings where he gives up five, six runs and three home runs in his first three innings. You know, it's like, so you love to see, you know, a six, one victory out of Peralta and then a six, two victory out of Hauser, who's normally, you know, a guy who can get hit. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, you know, the Brewers are we're finally seeing what looks like what could be their top, you know, their top three guys in the rotation and Peralta, Burns, and Woodruff kind of pitching at their their potential. Like, look on paper, it's like, okay, well, what is, what's the best version of these three? This is the closest we've gotten to it all season. Peralta's been, he's been pitching well, you know, post-All-Star break, Woodruff comes back, he's just not missed a beat and then burns he's really you know he's kind of shown the last month the type of pitcher that he usually is so that's encouraging right you know i think when you look at postseason success you know a lot of it is the pitching staff right and you've got guys the whole rotation has kind of been pretty pretty from good to really solid right the whole way and then the top half of the bullpen is as we know, pretty lights out. It just is kind of like you said, those guys that back into the bullpen, like Andrew Chafin, he gave up all those runs, forced Devin Williams to come in against the Rangers. How will those guys do down the stretch and into the postseason? And it's, you know, the thing about the Brewers is an interesting stat that I saw was they're 25 and 11 in one run games this year. They're only behind the Marlins for the best record in one-run games, and Craig Council has the, all, the all-time record. He has the best win percentage in one-run games of any manager, minimum 300 games. So they are a team that can get the job done. They're going to be a lot of close games, but they can get the job done in close games, which is, you know, it tells an interesting story, but it will be beneficial to have that experience down the stretch in high-leverage moments. It definitely does tell an interesting story, though, especially for Council, because – at least if I can't remember, like ever since council's been here, we've never had like that, you know, electric scoring offense that's, you know, putting up six, seven, eight runs every like night. So, I mean, it makes sense that, you know, he's been in a lot of close games where he's had, and, you know, throughout council's tenure too, we had, we've, we've always had, you know, that lights out closer at the end of games, especially with Hayter and now with Williams. Um, and especially we know when they were both there as a setup as an eighth and ninth man. I mean, we were locked down at the end of games back then. So, um, yeah, you know, I think with all that said, uh, we should take a quick ad break. Uh, and then we can come back and look forward to, you know, these two games against the Twins. And then, uh, you know, this homestand, we've got the Padres coming up. And then we got the uh, division rival Chicago Cubs. So we're going to come back and talk a little bit about that. So after that wild roads road trip, the Brewers return home. Uh, as mentioned, two against the Twins, three against the Padres, and they go to Wrigley to finish off the month. Another great opportunity to kind of add pad their lead. Twins are um, they're above five hundred. They're a solid team. They're not. Definitely not a team leading the the AL Central, which is not saying much, right? Because 
Second place is the Guardians are fifty nine sixty six. So it's doesn't really take a whole lot to to you know lead that division. But they're those games they always play the Brewers really well. Remember last last time we played them in Minnesota, but Devin Williams gave up all those runs, blew that first save, but um and the Padres have been struggling. They've been a huge disappointment this season. So I think it's it's a great opportunity for the Brewers to to add to their division lead. Yeah, and no, you know, I think the pitching is really interesting coming up here because it looks like the Brewers are, you know, changing at least to a I mean, I think they've got their five man rotation pretty pretty set. You know, it looks like it's gonna be Burns, Woodruff, Peralta, Hauser, Miley for those next couple of games there. So that looks like it's going to be, you know, council's preferred rotation down the stretch uh, with all things considered. But, you know, I like to see, um, you know, our, 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 our big throwers on the mound in these games. I mean, especially with Burns on the mound against Minnesota and then Woodruff and Peralta, both on the mound against the Padres. I think those are both series that we're going to have, you know, some success on, especially coming off that, you know, that impressive sweep of the Rangers, I think, you know, we've got some confidence. We've got some, you know, momentum. And I think if we can carry that, especially at home uh, against, you know, two teams that, you know, the Brewers could take advantage of, uh, I think that could all be huge going into that, you know, Cubs series where, you know, they, they've been doing pretty decent. They're in the wild card race. So you never know what could happen with them. And then, you know, the Phillies as well. You know, we, we've, we've played them, but they're also in the wild card race. They've got some stars. Uh, that's who we're going to be facing and going, you know, that first that first series of September. So, you know, I think going into September, the Brewers are in a good spot, especially, you know, just looking at their schedule. We play the Cardinals, you know, a couple of times, uh, Marlins a couple of times to play the Pirates again. So, you know, I think these are all going to be series where the Brewers can possibly take, you know, two or three games um, and, you know, really position themselves well for, you know, a, a deep playoff berth here. Yeah, I feel like this is. You know, you do not want to go into this that series at Wrigley with your division lead above the car, above the Cubs within three games, right? I don't want to have the chance where you go to Wrigley and the Cubs sweep the Brewers and they get the division back, or they win two out of, two out of three and they tie. Like I want to be secure where we go to Wrigley. Whatever happens, we're going to leave still in the division. I mean that's. That's going to be a huge series. I think the Cubs, they're, I mean, they're on fire, right? They all of a sudden, since the All-Star break, they just, it's like they're hitting beach balls, right? I mean, it's, it's pretty incredible. So I want to have, well, if I'm the Brewers, you know, you're looking for as much as you can have lead wise going into that, going into that, that matchup. I do also want to mention something um we talk about guys additions or guys that have been playing well struggling someone that's really struggled this season right is Willie Adamas and he he took some council sat him for a couple games and ever since then he had a huge series against the Rangers and maybe he's a guy that I want your opinion on this that could be Will he get his swing back in those last 15 days? So last two weeks, he's batting 286. He's got um, two home runs, OPS of 814. He bumped up his average to 211 just in this one series. 
He's batting like 200, bumped up to 211. Do you think that he is – is he back? Is he – will we see him fully back to where he used to be? Is he is there in between? What do you – your view on Willie kind of going into this, uh, this home stretch? Yeah, so I think, you know, he's definitely an interesting player to look at because, at least in my eyes, I've never really viewed him as a player who's, you know, meant to hit a lot, like, for average and get on base a ton. Uh, he's, you know, one of the best power hitting shortstops in the entire league. And I think he's his his role on the team is really there to, you know, just crank home runs. Uh, but I, I do understand Council, you know, wanting him to be a little bit more patient at the plate, you know, take it a little bit more seriously, stop with the strikeouts. Um, you know, all of those things are kind of, you know, just discipline, uh, like play discipline and, you know, just swinging at the right pitches. And I think if, you know, Council can really get him to focus on that, I think he could – you know, he could definitely be back to, you know, hitting around 250, 260, maybe even 270 by the end of the year if he can have a really, really strong, you know, end of the end of August and then going to September. You know, we, we've seen guys, you know, like Yelich, even, you know, Cody Ballinger have months where they hit 400 for the month with, t- with, with 12 home runs. Like we've seen stuff like that where guys just get red hot for an entire month. Even William Contreras in the month of July had that. So, he was hitting like 328 or something with a bunch of home runs and extra base hits. Um, so that's, you know, he definitely, I could see that on Willie Adamas, but I mean, I see a lot of people on Twitter as well, you know, kind of calling for Willie Adamas to be benched, how he shouldn't be playing. But, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in the camp of, you know, let, let him play. Uh, he's, you know, still young. He can still develop and, you know, you still kind of want him to, you know, kind of work that stuff out at the plate, whether or rather than on the bench. Right. Yeah. I mean, he provides a, he provides a lot in the field, right? He's a top five fielding um, shortstop. Still is a team in home runs. I think I could see his, his return to form similar to what we saw in Yelich's return to form, obviously over a shorter period, but I think, when Yelich was really struggling and then he kind of got his swing back is when he went obviously to lead up spot. And it was a lot of just base hit, base hit, base hit, base hit. Once he kind of got that ironed out, then he got the power back. So I could see that being a formula for Willie. I mean, he had three hits in back-to-back games against the Rangers, got on with, with some walks, hit by pitch. So just – like you said, like just focusing back to just squaring the ball up, getting some solid base hits, and then the power naturally will just kind of return to to him because that's what he is, right? He's a power hitter, but I think he's just got to simplify the swing a little bit, work with the great hitting coaches that they have, and I think uh, he'll be he'll be huge if he can kind of just get back to uh, half of what he was, right? Improve just fifty percent, he'll be a huge huge help going down the stretch for the Brewers. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think, you know, Willie as a team leader, uh, as one of the fan favorites, you know, mm-hmm. none of us really want to see him struggle. Uh, none of us, you know, we, we all root for the guy. We, we, we love him. Uh, you know, his personality, his charisma on the team. I think, you know, he brings a lot of team chemistry. I think he, he is good for the clubhouse uh, as a whole. And the dugout, I think, he you know, you, you know, just brings a lot of energy to the team. Um, and so, you know, we like to see him play well because when he's playing well, the whole dog out, you know, is, you know, happy. They're tossing the cheese head around. They're making jokes. 
because that's the kind of guy Willie Adamas is. Um, mm-hmm. The fans all love him, you know, kind of for the same thing. You know, he likes to interact with the fans as well. So uh, you hate to see a fan favorite struggle, but, you know, it's good to see him definitely get back on track. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, he's a huge, huge addition to the team. So we've got six games on this home stretch. Going to the Cubs, what do you think? How do you think the Brewers uh, – how will they fare this home stretch and where will they be going to the Cubs series at the end of end of the month? Yeah, you know, I could see – I could see us winning, you know, two out of three against San Diego and splitting against Minnesota. I mean, I think that's the realistic uh, view on it. I mean, you could argue that we win both against Minnesota and – win two or three out of three against San Diego. But I mean, that second game is going to be tough facing you Darvish against San, uh, San Diego. And uh, I'm not really all too familiar with the Minnesota's pitchers, but I know Kenta Maeda has been in the league for a while. Um, so he's definitely got some experience. Uh, so he can definitely cause some problems for the Brewers in that second game. I'm um, pretty sure Bailey Ober is pretty young. Um, so maybe you know, the Brewers have some success in that first game against the Twins, but yeah, I could definitely see us. I mean, the Brewers should be over 500 in this little stretch here. I think it would be, you know, really detrimental if we somehow, you know, get swept by the Twins and then, you know, lose two out of three against San Diego. I think that's probably the worst possible outcome other than, you know, a full sweep of all five games, but that's kind of where I'm at, you know, maybe four, three, three wins I think that's you know the realistic look at it yeah I agree I think I think four wins is uh I think that's kind of where I see it going as well splitting the twins two out three against the Padres that way you have a very comfortable lead most likely right unless the Cubs go on just go on a huge win streak but you'll most likely have a lead solidly if the division going to that Cubs series. I don't even know who the Cubs play. Let's see. I mean, yeah, so I, that's what I think. I think four, four, four wins, that's a good kind of benchmark. The Cubs have a pretty soft schedule. They play the Tigers for three, Pirates for four. So I think they'll they'll probably be above 500 right in that stretch. So every game is important down the stretch as we have about a little over a month left, so it's gonna be you gotta you gotta take your wins while you can get them against teams that are just that are not as good as you. Definitely, and I just want to touch on you know the Cardinals this year. I know we haven't talked about them much, but I remember earlier in the season, you know, we were talking about their struggles, and we were talking about you know it's still early. The Cardinals can still come back. You know, you got to be scared of them. Uh, but it's, you know, it's really surprising how much they've struggled this year, especially, you know, coming into the season. A lot of, you know, smart baseball people were saying the Cardinals are, should should easily win the, the Central. You know, it's their division to lose, basically. And they've been at the bottom the whole time. Uh, I just think it's, you know, very surprising, especially for a team like that with their pe- type of pedigree. And, you know, the fact that Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt have both won MVPs recently, uh, whereas you know, none of the other teams in the NL Central really have those type of caliber players. Um, I just think, you know, that's really interesting how, you know, how much they've struggled this year and, you know, how the NL Central really has shaken out so far. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And 
And it's great that the way the schedule is set up, that they play seven games against the Cardinals to end the, end the season in this last month. And then they also play teams like the Yankees, who is another team that's like, man, what happened to them? Like, they're really struggling. So that's 10 games in the last month of the season against the Cardinals and the Yankees. Throw in the Pirates, who well, they, they're right down there with the Cardinals. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's very... You know, you don't really see the Cardinals that type of team. They're always seemingly in it, right? You never really see them last place in the Central. So, but obviously, if you're a Brewers, if you're a Brewers fan, you'll take it, and we'll see how how it fares the, uh, the end of the year. Definitely. Well, I think that's going to be it for uh, this episode of Crew Talk. Uh, make sure to follow us on you know Twitter. Um, leave us a like, uh, download, subscribe. All those things, you know, we love hearing your guys' feedback. Leave us a rating on, you know, Apple or Spotify. You know, those help us out a ton. Um, And, you know, we'll be back with more Brewers content. So let's go Brewers.